This case with Sandman was exactly what I needed. After Wonder Woman, I wasn't sure I was ready to think about Superman again, and how he had disappointed me. Matt, however, knew I needed to face it head on. The fight back in me from a cut-and-dry case with Dodds, I had the drive again. This time, I knew how to do it. Instead of tracking down the Man of Steel on a temper tantrum across a city unfamiliar, we would go after the one who couldn't run away so easily. Clark Kent. And this time... I made sure I bought the right tickets. Hi, I'm John. And I have had about as many hours of sleep as I've had bottles of Fireball in the past 24 hours. So this is going to be a good episode, folks. That's, that's not a lot for you, actually. That's like not a lot of hours of sleep. You've, you've had at least a bottle? One. Exactly okay. one. Yeah, yeah you think, came home with it last night. Yeah, I think I got an hour of sleep. Okay, well, that's that's Matthew. on you know, Fueled only by <laughs> Fireball and lack of sleep. Uh, no, no, no. The burning passion in my heart. That I wish to share with our viewers. Yes, listeners. listeners. Same thing. Yeah. Really, yeah. we don't have a we don't have a term. Our network? Are you our network? We're detectives. We got to come the, up with de- a term. Are they for detectivites? Listeners. Detectivites. That's I don't a, know. That's a... <laughs> that just sounds like gingivitis. So I don't oh, want to do that. Oh wow! Yeah. That sounds like a like a disease. I don't want to. I don't want to give anybody detectivites. Either yeah. that or like the new version of unobtainium. Since ooh yeah since... no we don't want to do that. Um, gumshoes. Yeah, yeah, that works. You lovely people will have to give yourselves a collective nickname, um, because I like gumshoes, but that sounds silly. But moving forward, uh, I'm John, he's Matthew, we're the DC Detectives, and it is our job to go back through the annals of DC history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite characters from start to every reversible finish. One one takes Alito, that's what they call me. Um, (laughs) And we're going to start back with a familiar face, it's... More Superman, because we really want to move squarely out of the 30s for you all and get into those 1940s where all things start happening, where people start going, hey, you know, maybe these comic books and superheroes might be a real, you know, real good idea. So we're going to move into the 40s so that we can really get into all the, all manner of the menagerie of superheroes that are starting to exist at this time. So we are now coming back to Superman. And what's really funny is, I want to read whatever story this is on the cover that is not a the Superman Zatara story. The Zatara story looks cool. Yeah, Zachary Zatara looks like he's charming a giant anaconda in front of Cleopatra while some dude watches on and like, holy crap, that's awesome. Like, that dude looks like yeah, straight no, up that... absolutely enamored with what's happening. And not like threatened, because like Zatara just looks like, this is a thing I do on a daily basis. And the queen seems rather... or woman in power seems rather unimpressed she is heavily coded as being like cleopatra style but it's gosh that just looks so entertaining i want to oh, read man. that story. yeah no i, I we you, could yeah. we could do like a zatara mini episode i would love to if we could find backlogs of him that's what, something i've been looking for um hmm. i haven't been able to find back issues of zatara comics so if anybody knows about those please let us know we yeah. would love to read zatara um to give you more another another grounding because then you would have at this point you would have the Sandman, Superman, and Zatara, the three weirdest, like, the, 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 real, the real trinity of DC. Oh, really? Really? You're throwing the, down the gauntlet? The, the, the or you're original. Thro- you're throwing down the helmet? Yeah, it's like, they're like Hanson, you know? The, what? <laughs> what? They're, 
They're like handsome, and then Superman's like they attract Hansen their brother. Hanson never came from Vertigo and got repurposed into primary continuity. No, 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 what I'm saying, no. Hanson has always been primary continuity. So would they be like the Jonas Brothers then? So like they all are now doing their solo their solo things? Like Superman's the one brother that's successful solo, the other two are kind of like not really, but they have their own solo gigs, or their own, they're still the Jonas I, Brothers? I don't know that. You don't know that? No, I, I know I, that. No, I know Ladies. of that. I know that the Jonas Brothers more, have more or less split up. I wasn't aware that any of them had been successful. One of them, one of them, successful for a solo who broke off from a group. I'm actually us, right? Well, boy bands aside, we're getting back to action comics. <laughs> okay, that might be the title of the episode. Boy bands aside, it's really funny. Nice. So that being said, we go back to action comics number fourteen, July nineteen thirty nine. Sixty four pages of thrills with Superman kind of relegated to the side. While Zatara kind of shows off for vaguely Egyptian Cleopatra. woman. Cleopatra. Cleopatra question mark with weird colored throne. I don't know. It's a lot of colors for I want to say Egypt, but I don't, I don't really yeah. actually know what the color scheme that Egypt used often because I don't know what dyes that they had readily available. I know Roman. Stuff was, like, really weirdly colored, and we just don't know about it because of ruins. Like, they actually showed, like, what the paint fragments that they used oh, to... Oh, that's like, cool. I that. Yeah, and, like, some of the stuff was, like, purple and orange and stuff like that. Purple would definitely make sense. So, I, I'm not sure what Egypt cool. painted with, or because of what dyes that were available to them. But I this feel feels like a little a lot off. Of blue, but yeah. Feels a little off cultural brand there for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> 1930s comic being a little bit culturally Ooh, incorrect. That's oh. not That's not unheard of. Actually, I don't think we have anything horribly racist in this one. Horribly, no, but like oddly, oh, I have some things. All right, I didn't catch it. Um, it's not racism, but it's definitely some bro. Really? Oh, there's moments? a lot of whoa, really moments. Yeah. So we catch up with Superman, who is racing along a speeding train, and that's not important to this story. Of course, Superman comics are known for having an extravagant show of Superman's abilities. Before we jump into the story. The story centers around poor quality building materials being used on a subway that is causing accidents and an inspector getting attacked while Superman is investigating it. Superman is kind of cool because yeah. we've seen these like something that's uh, subpar and we'll see it again and again and Superman does a thing episode. This right. is actually, there's somebody who has a stake in it who he's working with. Right. At least for a little he's, bit. He's working with the common man who has a mm-hmm. good heart about it, which is nice. So Superman kind of works alongside this inspector to investigate men who are leaning on contractors and telling them to use subpar building materials. Really the bottom line here, the big reveal at the end of this is the man who's behind all of this is the Ultra Humanite. Introduced at the very end of Act 2, as he always is. Right, Ultra Humanite is always the Moriarty to Superman. It's very much like, I don't know what's going on. This could be anybody. Oh my gosh, it's Ultra Humanite. I don't think it's the, that's the thing that gets me. It's not the, I don't know who could be doing this. It's anybody could have been doing it. Oh, it turns out that you know, you know, things what suddenly explode into a larger picture. Well, where I've I've noticed every time the Ultra Humanite is involved in a story, something Superman can't comprehend is the clue, hmm. like the invisible car. Oh yeah. So every yeah. time, every time something that even Superman doesn't understand, or Superman can't comprehend, or Superman can't grasp, that's usually a sign that it's Ultra Humanite. Yeah, and it feels like those clues get dropped in very close to the end. Of right, the story. they get they get dropped it's in at least at the end they... of at the end of the second act, or right right before the third or fourth act, whatever you want to call it. And it's it's very smart. It's interesting, but it's also one of those. Okay, now you have your formula, and we understand. Yep. This 
would never have happened in a Batman comic because Batman would just be like, hmm, subpar building materials. I know who owns a bunch of building companies and gone to that guy first and then just been like, eh, it must be ultra humanite. Yeah. Usually it, yeah. like, especially with the state that Batman is in currently, it's always Batman going directly to the source. There's rarely any situations where he has to do any detective work. Unlike the Turg story hmm. in episode two, I believe we cover that, where he's a spy. Like the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he has to, like, go undercover and stuff hmm. like that. That's That was the most detective work we ever saw Batman do. Yeah, everything else was rising tension with scene movement instead of right. detective work. Exactly. So Superman, uh, again, encounters the Ultra Humanite, who looks way older than he did the first time we saw him. Like, Ultra Humanite looked good for a, a man who was bald and seemed to be older than Clark. Um, one would almost say he looked like what you would imagine Lex Luthor would look like. Yep. But now Ultra Humanite looks like an old man with a single tooth, like, closed eyes, and he looks... Didn't he fall off a cliff the no, last time we saw him? No, his plane was punched out of the sky by Superman. <laughs> yeah. So, granted, he should be dead. Like, the rest of the pilots in that plane were. Because Superman mm. searched the wreckage and didn't find Ultra Humanite's body. Right, yeah. So, he shouldn't look like anything, frankly. He, should, <laughs> least he looks of, really good for a dead Least of all, guy. he shouldn't look aged. You're right. He looks very good for a dead man. He looks just aged and I'm like really that's what a plane crash does to you it just makes you look older okay noted you know but it's the ultra humanite and of course he traps Superman in something that he imagines will keep him you know encased forever it's some sort of weird glass crystal box thing and of course Superman's like whatever this is bullshit and just like breaks out of it so it's pretty cut and dry and he gets the guys to turn themselves in who are leaning on the construction uh, companies and contractors and you know that's the end of that but we see Superman we actually have been seeing this more and more Clark in his apartment like thinking about mm. like the end of the story going like hmm this is like a bad thing and, there's an actual denouement and he's slumped we've never seen Clark slumped We've also never seen villains explicitly set up to come back. Right. Um, we have only once, but it was an ad for the Monster Men coming back in Hugo Strange's... Or, uh, with we, the first time Hugo Strange got captured out of the fog, mm-hmm. it was an ad saying, watch Hugo, Hugo Strange come back with the Monster Men, but we've never True. seen Hugo Strange saying, like, I'll be back yeah, for you. Yeah, we, we had a little a bit Joker. of the Joker, yeah. but, but that was the one time, and it was still like, you know, he was locked up. Right. And I'll, then, uh, I'll get you next time, yeah. Exactly. And then uh, an advertisement for Superman number one, which means that, you know, action number 14 is probably happening concurrently with Superman number one. So that's pretty much the end of this story. We move pretty quickly on to action number 15, which is August 1939. Kid down. (laughs) That's my first note. Um, Superman. Is it just like triple underlined? No, I just have dot, 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 kid town in my notes. Uh, Oh, oh, the ellipses are before the word. Like, like, kid town. So, Superman gets sent, uh, rather, actually, Clark gets sent for the Daily Star to go report on something called Kid Town, which ends up being uh, a living complex for boys who are underprivileged or wayward children. It's kind of supposed to be a good thing. Regardless of how it sounds, it's essentially a place for people, specifically young boys, to, you know, reintegrate into society with a location that has, you know, housing for them, schools, area to play, so that they can live not on the street. Good thing. Unfortunately, Kid Town is under so much debt that it looks like it's going to shut down, and Clark is really upset about this and says, that's not cool, this is a really good thing. I've got to raise the money to get this guy out of debt, and the guy needs $2 million. And yep. But I just... 
what? So Clark is like, yeah, I can do that, but how am I going to do it? I love, however, that they mention in continuity mm-hmm. the oil rig uh, fiasco from our second episode with Superman. We talk about this where the oil the oil rig stock scheme where he gets like a million dollars out of it. <laughs> And where he ruins lives and yeah, walks away rich. Right. And he's now going, well, I've got that million dollars. I just need a million more or something like that. Yes. Yes. And like, he's never done anything with that million. <laughs> Clark Kent, I save it for a rainy day. You know, I just, he's got like a million in cash or some check somewhere stuffed or a safety deposit box at the, at the bank. And Clark, oddly enough in this issue, just lucks into a bunch of money somehow. He's right-placing right right time. Like, he stops two bank robbers, and the guy at the bank gives him five grand for just being a nice guy, and the cop gives him two grand for stopping the... I was like, cops can't do that. Cops emphatically cannot give money to people who were vigilantes, like, on the street. Well, to be fair, he wasn't uh, vigilanteing at that point. That's the thing. All of those, like, all of these reward actions that we're going to see over the, like, three pages, it's all Clark Kent. Yeah, it's all it's, it's really interesting. And then Clark then saves a guy who gets trapped by a fallen tree, who of course is walking on the street going, "Ho hum, I have so much money, but I'm not happy." And it's like, what the, what? Yeah. So everyone uh, is super willing to just cut him. Yes. Yeah. And then he saves that guy from a tree being fallen on, and the guy writes him a ten grand check. And I'm going, okay, so you've got fifteen grand now. What's the next thing you're gonna do? He basically finds out from one from another story that he has to write. There's some sort of treasure hunter who just got back from an expedition. He tells him about, of course, a fabulous treasure that is, that no treasure seeker has ever found. He says that's what I'm gonna find. And and I like that that just completely invalidates the three pages before. Right, it's like chump change. Yeah, bro. He found fifty. He got fifteen grand out of a million. Yeah, that he ten, needed. ten grand, and you're gonna go find a Spanish galleon that no one's ever found before. I'm pretty sure whatever that is is gonna be worth more than two million dollars to anybody or any collection or museum or com- or you know government's gonna pay you for whatever gold it has. So of course, the story is read in the newspaper by a bunch of mafia guys. They want to go track down Clark. So. They pretend to be sailors, and he hires them to go off and help him find the shipwreck, and of course he finds it, and then they try to sink him in the water, and he turns into Superman and kills sharks. Yep. Um, so that, I'm going to count that as body count one, because he kills a lot of sharks. Yeah, well, he kills one enough, thing. One he, kills, thing. he kills enough sharks to qualify as a single person. <laughs> What is the uh, shark-to-human shark ratio? The shark-to-human ratio is probably, like, at least it looks like three sharks. Like, three sharks to one human. <laughs> like, if I show up to a morgue with three sharks, do I get to walk away with a cadaver? There's at least one, two, and three sharks that he has... Like, that one, he just ripped the jaw off of. There's one upside down, that one's upside down, and that one, he's ripping the jaw off. There's at least yeah, three sharks he killed. Uh... So... Because it says the surviving sharks. Yeah. So, of course, he goes back up, has the ship, and then gives the money away to the guy at Kid Town all the while also arresting the mafia guys that he figures out trying to kill him. Hooray. Clark gave away $2 million. There you go. So, oh, at the end of this one, we get a little advertisement that says the Sandman and Batman. So we get a little, ooh, look, they're happening at the same time, which we will make a mention of, you know, later in this uh, episode that we're doing. They do a goodly amount of uh, cross-promotion. title promotion, Yeah. Well, here's the racist thing for you. Oh. Not terribly racist, yeah. but it's the cover of Action number 16 to September 1939. This is pretty much a non-noteworthy issue except for one thing. One very, very important thing. So this story is basically just Superman dealing with the gambling problem in his city. 
What city is that? It is now finally Metropolis. He says Metropolis when he visits the mayor, and he says, uh, and I quote, uh, What's on your mind, Clark? Uh, actually, this is him talking to his editor, and I quote, What's on your mind, Clark? Clark, just this. How come gambling is permitted to flourish in the city of Metropolis, and why hasn't the Daily Star done anything about it? So, we have now know where Clark is. He is in the right place now, officially. So, that's really the biggest thing from this issue. He stops gambling. Hooray. That's that's really it. Like, he just... Don't, don't gamble, folks. Don't be a guy who spends all your money and, you know, gambles it on the ponies and stuff. That's really what this issue is. Yeah. I've got... Uh... Some general sum-ups that I want to do later on. Also, there's of... a lot of sexy Superman poses that make me oh. feel very uncomfortable. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not just they're, in they're this issue. There's, like a, there's casual, a couple. There's, they're yeah. meant to be casual, but they're very alluring, and I think it has something to do with the, the Siegel book that I recently bought, where Siegel did a lot of fetish art, so I'm mm-hmm. thinking that this is just him like not knowing how to draw casual, and he just draws sexy. <laughs> so that could just be... I'm not familiar with which... I think it's, I think it's Siegel does the art, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think that's right. No, Schuster. Oh. So Schuster doesn't know how to draw casual. He just does casual sexy. And that's, hey man, whatever. Lounge. You know, whatever, I still need to read that book. Yeah, whatever boats you float. So, what? <laughs> you <ever read> <laughs> no. Okay, that's just a stupid saying. Um, yeah, that's about it. Now we move squarely on to Superman number two. Yeah. 64 pages in color. Another complete book of the astounding adventures of the one and only Superman. Ten cents, folks. I wish comics cost that much now. Yeah. So this is Superman number two, Fall 1939. Um, I love this story. It is ridiculous. It's the boxer story. Oh, yeah. Of course you like that. It's Well, I'm a huge boxing nut, but I think this is the most convoluted one of his identity swap stories has ever gotten. Mm. The only one close is the football story, but this one is full like him and the dude palling around in an apartment that they say Superman has bought for just such like emergencies. Mm-hmm. And so, it's an actual partnership. Uh, right. The guy, it, uh, spoiler warning, uh, at the end the guy takes his identity back and has the triumphant final fight, all that good stuff. Right. So it's just a story about Superman stopping a boxer from committing suicide because his manager drugged him before a big fight so that he would lose and win money. Superman then says, I'll take you under my wing and be your training partner. Meanwhile, I'll be fighting in your stead with grease makeup on my face because that apparently makes Superman really convincingly look like other people. And Superman basically fights his way to the top, to the championship fight, and then gives the guy the championship fight to fight. He's like, you've been fighting and training against me. You're clearly going to be good enough. To fight the champ if you can go a couple rounds with me, Superman. And it's like, and you've technically got your, valid. you've got your heart back, too. Right, and he, he's doing it essentially to build the guy's confidence back. Mm-hmm. And give him a fair shot so he doesn't injure himself on the way up to the top. Because no one was going to give him the shot because they thought he was a bum. Yeah. Although, ironically, how many people did Superman take the, their shot away from in doing this? Well, he does fight 11 men at once in one of these <laughs> oh, yeah, situations, yeah, yeah. so at least those guys and a couple of and several other fighters that he kind of stole a shot from, which is unfair, but hey, what are you going to do? This guy got screwed over. I hate this story, because they kill a monkey <laughs> in the beginning. Oh, straight up. Like, I was, tr- I actually, sh- people were asking me at work, because I started uh, hey, you guys should listen to the podcast. And they're like, or, and then they, they talk about it. It's like, man, okay, like, what are, what's some of the weirdest stuff? I actually had this volume on me. And it's just like, this page, this, this right here. This guy kills a monkey? Yeah. This guy kills a monkey. A I monkey, can't say that. A monkey in a gas mask. And it looks fuzzy. It initially, like in that first panel, I thought it was like a stuffed I can't animal. really get over the fact that this guy kills Curious George. Oh. 
Like it's not it's not that kind of monkey. I'm not getting past this nope. man straight up gassing Curious George. Also, the fact that he's more or less advocating war crimes. Yeah. Not technically war crimes, because apparently so he's got this super awesome like nerve gas. Yeah, the man the man invents a gas that can penetrate any gas mask and Clark has been sent to cover a story about it. Mm-hmm. And the the guy's like, I'm I'm going to give it to the government to only be used in case of a defensive war. Now, sure, sure. <laughs> first off, yeah, that's not how, that's how history we, works. That's also what we use what we use nerve agents for. That's how we use chemical warfare is defensively. Yeah, that's a purely defensive weapon. Also, the fact that uh, apparently things were actually a little bit interesting with the Geneva Protocol at that point, mm. uh, because in ni- tw- 1925. Pretty much the entire world said, oh, no, we're not doing gas again. Uh, <laughs> after mustard gas, yeah, I would yeah, imagine. At, after people were... Because in World War One, it was like, no, we've got these rules, but you can't fire them as a shell. It's like you have to like wait for the wind to be right, and you have to crack it open, and then we're not breaking the rules. This time, 1925, officially, nobody... Everybody agrees. No chemical weapons. Except the U.S., the president signed the Geneva Protocol. The Senate didn't. So there's some argument. There's weird. Yeah, that that's, that that's, sat, hmm. what, what what's especially weird is that it sat in the Senate until '75. So yeah. this guy kills a monkey. I'm not happy about it. Nope. And of course, with this gas, it would clearly fall into the wrong hands. These guys steal it from him, and these guys go to steal it from him. Clark, meanwhile, sees this and tries to track them down, and he follows them to this country that. Is a fake made up country, uh, Baravia, which is okay, whatever. I mean, that sounds vaguely Eastern Blockish, I guess, if you want it to be. Or maybe, it, maybe North African. Uh, honestly, my guess is that it's either. You know what it is? It's meant to be a Balkan country that's located in South America. Probably, yeah. So, <laughs> Superman jumps onto the plane that these guys are flying away, and again, another casual sexy pose. Oh from man! Schuster. I'm not going to be able to unsee. Yeah, this you're never going to be able to. See, you're never going to be able to unsee Superman's casual sexy for the rest of your life now. So it's. I mean, he looks good, but it's just like, what the heck? Why would he sit like that on a plane? Like, why would? There's no reason. There's no reason for him to just kind of lounge on this plane. I, so I don't feel okay anymore. Superman, of course, stops these guys from using the gas and gets them arrested. Uh, meanwhile, stopping a war. But however, while he's doing that. He finds the location that these guys have sold the gas to and uh, effectively bombs it. He finds an artillery uh, embankment that is shooting at this town full of women and children in Barovia and rips it apart, takes their ammunition, jumps above the chemical weapons factory that he um, was, you know, waylaid from getting to and throws the bombs at it. I'm going to count that as body count. Uh, because yeah. I don't know who's working in there, and he threw artillery yeah. at a building. I don't care if the bombs didn't kill anyone, but the debris probably did at the at the building. Not only that, but as he's bombing this factory, a Zeppelin, a Barovian Zeppelin, you know, tries to fight him, and he knocks the Zeppelin out of the sky. That's another body count, because who was flying the Zeppelin? So... And we don't see any uh, parachutes a la Atla. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we're uh, we're up to, like, what, three body count? Which one of those is just three what? sharks, so... <laughs> can we get, like, a watery ding? A watery ding, a, one? A, a vaguely nautical ding, yeah. if I can. Yeah. I'll, I'll see what I can do about that. But Superman, of course, then finds the guy who's bought the chemical agent trying to manufacture it, and just really messed up. He lets the guy just drop the, the chemical 
and try and kill Superman, but ends up killing himself. So that's another body count because Superman totally could have stopped him. He's fast enough to have gripped it and just. He, he legit stands there and says, you're only getting a taste of the fate you plan to doom others to. He purposefully let this man die. So that's, we're at like four already, and we've, we're not that far into this episode. Yep. So then he jumps to the Barovian Great Hall, you know, building, which this guy looks a lot like Lennon to me. Oh, yeah. So this, wow. that's why I said yeah. Eastern Block, because this guy looks like <laughs> Lennon, and that guy has kind of a sort of a Stalin stash going on there. It gets a bit, so yeah. A little bit. It's kind it's of curly. It's a little bit, bit of a Kaiser stash with, like, the curl. Yeah. So he forces these men to make peace. The, and the only way Superman can, uh, holding them and shaking them and threatening them, and almost b- bringing the building down on top of them. Another kind of important note here, he sends a telegraph back to the Daily Star to try and get them to arrest the guys on the plane that he's coming back with, because they're the smugglers who stole the gas, who sold it to the weapons guy. Um, Metropolis is in New York. What? Because it says, George Taylor, editor, Daily Star, Metropolis, New York. What? Superman is now in New York, so he Uh, can also hang out with Batman. What? Page 83 of your book. Where did the... I, I, I remember a panel... Where there were a whole bunch of signs. You can show me that too. I want to see that. But <sighs> this is uh, you passed the sixty-three or yeah, eighty-three. My bad. That bugs me. Oh, well. But going back to the story, we see that as they get home to the states, the guys are arrested and they turn on each other. And Superman goes back to the paper and gets a job well done from his uh, editor. And um, we see Lois for the first time this entire volume we've been reading. So hi, Lois. And again, she's giving. Clark, not no credit. She's just saying the scoop was pure luck, which is kind of a all right, cool, whatever. So she was being used to convey general snideness, and that was the only reason they had her. In right, that at all. it was just it was okay. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the next story in this is a worker is dying from a death drop while doing a construction uh, on a skyscraper, and Clark decides that he's going to go check it out because it's the fifth worker in as many days. So he decides to see what the problem is with this construction site. And, of course, there's a guy, you know, sabotaging it. And he, like, lets that guy fall while he's sabotaging. Like, he's trying to saw a thing off. And Clark just kind of just stands there as Superman. And he shoots at him. And he keeps walking forward to the guy. And the guy just falls off of a girder on the skyscraper. And Clark catches him, interrogates him. And the guy dies of a heart attack. Yeah. And I'm going to count that as body count as well. Oh, yeah, because he's chucking him up in the air and catching him each time. Oh, he induces induces a heart attack, which is scary as all get out. And then he goes to the, you know, mobsters who are responsible uh, to do the Superman degree, or rather the super degree. Oh, yeah. You've heard of the third degree, folks. Now watch the super degree. Oh, man. Which also sounds like a type of uh, deodorant. So Superman is accosted by these gangsters, of course, which he, you know, soundly defeats and gets a confession from them about who's in charge of them. And then a, they try to escape the cops and one of the guys gets shot, so that's not really on Superman, because the guy could have just given up. But mm-hmm. I just think it's funny that everybody's dying left and right in this issue. Yeah. So, we were on such a reasonable streak for a long time. Well, yeah, too. it's because Wonder Woman didn't kill anybody for mm-hmm. her entire situation, and Batman sort of tapered off on that. And even, like, the Sandman was kind of yeah, picky Sandman and choosy didn't about it. kill basically anybody. No, he, did, he killed the, the Islanders, yeah. the face. Um, he, I'm sure the face did like, Killed yeah, but, several but not people. a lot. Also, not the lot. dude in the plane that he shot down. Yeah, he killed like five people. Superman's killed five people or around five people in as many so far. We're not even mm-hmm. halfway through, so he's killed emphatically more people per issue than the Sandman killed in the two years we looked at him. 
the the uh, the kill velocity. Yeah. The killocity. The killocity. The body count. Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty high for Superman. The Man of Steel likes to go big or go home, and in like around three, four, maybe five issues, he's killed as many people as the Sandman killed in two years. Yeah. He's picking the pace up. So Superman finds the guy in charge of the sabotage because he's trying to get all the building contractors to go to him and gets him to confess, and that's it. Of course, he always gets the main bad guys to confess or get themselves yeah. killed. Or it, it's the same kind of uh, humiliation. Kind of, yeah, same kind of humiliation, except like I would say it's almost kind of like the Sandman because the Sandman gets everybody to, con- to confess. That's so true. it's weird yeah. that Superman's kind of doing that. Um, we get another <laughs> small short story, two-page short story here by uh, Siegel and Schuster that establishes something really important, too. Uh, this is where he gets his uh, x-ray vision and telescopic vision. Yep. However, they do also mention super hearing in, this, oh, in yeah. uh, Superman 2 when he hears mm. some stuff happening across from a skyscraper. They say his super keen hearing. I feel like they had also in a previous well in the episodes issue, we in the they, previous they, they, in the, there was something in the previous episodes we have covered mm-hmm. um, in I believe it's the one with the kids at yeah, the slum right. he hears them in the courtroom however they're in mm-hmm. the same room and I don't technically count that because yeah. they could, yeah. he could have heard them regardless mm-hmm. um, this is this is specifically this is specifically he's in a, on top of a building hearing a conversation that's happening in another building mm-hmm. and that's a feat of super power. I'll buy that. So that's Superman number two. It kind of ends with a little two-page short story of Superman just kind of beating a gangster. That's it. That's nothing really special except for the fact that they specifically mention in text X-ray and telescopic vision, which is cool because now he's getting more powers. And it was also, let the record show, since you very graciously the last time we made a bet uh, followed through on... When I was right and you were wrong, and then the time before that when you were right and I was wrong, uh, but this time you were correct. I thought that that text was that text story was where Metropolis was first officially named, and I was wrong. It was earlier on. That's it's honestly though it was such a throwaway in the earlier yeah. issue that it's hard to it's hard, really it was really easy to miss. Like I got a big kick out of it because I was like really looking for stuff, but you know it was it's one of those I don't fault you for that one because I didn't make a big deal out of it. We move on to Action Comics number 17, October 1939. There's a ship out at sea that's uh, on fire as well as getting rocked around, and they send some rescue sailors out, and Superman just kind of watches those guys die in the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he lets them die, because he totally could have stopped them and gone to save the boat, but he lets the rescue guys go out first to see how it works, and then says, nope, no more lives will be lost this day. I'm like, you could have just gone yourself. So I'm filing that under the, I thought they had this, they don't have it It's not a body count. But yeah, it's It's not a body count, but bro, what the hell? Yeah, and it also, it's interesting because it makes the implication that he didn't, he wouldn't have been able to get out there fast enough once that rescue boat started going over. I, it, like, I don't know. I, yeah. I get the implication that he was just kind of letting them handle it. And when he found out that they couldn't handle it, he went for it. And I just, that's, yeah. that's But shitty. the fact that he waited for that decision until they were already dead. Right. And, yeah, and what a surprise. And what a surprise. The bad guy who is making an entire industry kind of, you know, bend under his his uh, oppression is, of course, the Ultra Humanite. So he's back from outer space with that said look upon his face. He still looks old. And, oh yeah, you like that? I'm going to try that again. Uh, probably not on this episode, but that was good. Uh, wouldn't he be more likely to be less old? Because He is actually less old. Emphatically, he has less wrinkles on his face. Yeah. So, 
Ultra Humanite is back. He's got a new gun and a fake invisible, or like an invisible metal wall to stop Superman this time. And of course, he doesn't win. Yeah, and specifically, it's... the wall exists for about like three. Panels. Yeah, he's like, you... I love that he says, "What now, Superman?" And I'm like, "What are you, a hype man?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like Ultra Humanite is getting too sassy for comics, and I'm just not a fan of it. And he just and Superman's like, "Really, bro?" And just busts through this apparent invisible wall, which makes uh. White debris yeah. when he busts through well, it. Well, the way I figured it's like super transparent glass, and if you break it, then it's yeah. light in different what ways. It, what are you going to do? Yeah. But uh, they also are advertising the World's Fair comic yeah. at the end of this one. The second one, specifically. Yes, the second one, which Superman, I guess, is not in. Because um, he doesn't show yeah. up in this, and right. we didn't see him. They did, we, uh, we saw the cover, I believe. Yeah, did we? In we we would have, and I don't remember if Superman. Was I don't there. remember. Uh, maybe we'll We're, come across it later. But we'll we'll, we'll, we'll actually ourselves. Yes. Uh, but the one thing I want to call attention to mm-hmm. is that the confrontation with the old with the ultra humanite is always the same. In spoilers, he comes back one more time before this volume is done. If I'm right. remembering rightly, yeah, uh, two okay. more actually, two more. Twice. Oh, well, cool. Uh, it always goes the same way. He has him, like, he gets him into that glass coffin. He has the, the wall. It's like, an extremely short time. Ha, you can't beat that. Superman immediately beats that. There right. is no there is no narrative weight, or there is the no hubris. narrative powers yeah. added to the things that he does that breaks to, right. to combat uh, the protagonist armor. That Superman has. Also, the Humanite is not getting any better. No. He has not made no. anything as successful as the electric field in his first appearance that actually yeah. supremely knocked Superman out. Yeah. He has not created anything so far that we have seen since then that has actual effect on Superman. And he's just a mad scientist criminal mastermind. Yeah. There's he's really not doing... He's, yeah, he's not terribly interesting, but what is actually interesting to me about him is... How uninteresting he is. Yeah. That this is his main villain, is the Ultra Humanite. Yeah. So, and by this point, he really is the main villain. Right. Because, of course, Weird. at this point, you've got with Wonder Woman, uh, well, not at this point currently, I mean, in 1942 and, uh, 41 and 42, you have the Baroness. <laughs> yeah. I'm amazed that she wound up being the main threat yeah, just the, over and over again. The Baroness but, or right. Countess was the, was the major villain for Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor, notwithstanding Nazis, of course. Yeah. And the Axis. Uh, for Batman, it's. Pretty clear it's the Joker and maybe Hugo mm. Strange. And for Superman, it's, I want to say, probably Ultra Humanite. I mean, Sandman doesn't have a villain so much yeah. as he's just kind of a small town sort of a dude. Yeah. Um, the face, the tarantula, maybe, but no one uh, recurring. They're no recurring. He has yeah, no recurring villain. So, there you go. Yeah. Uh, we have, the Ultra Humanite is just really bad. Yeah. He's not exactly really... He, he's a bad villain. He's yeah. not a successful villain. He never gets improved on. Right. He's just always soundly beaten. Mm-hmm. So, Action Comics number 18, November 1939. Oh, hi, Lois. You're in this again. Yeah, and suddenly it's... we actually start getting Lois Lane stories right. again. And we also see another journalist that the two of them have a relationship with. It's a tabloid guy who's kind of crappy, and he's, you know, just a mean-spirited dude who tries to take a swing at Clark, and Clark gets a quote-unquote lucky elbow in to knock him out. And it's just a story that this guy, uh, the, the tabloid reporter and his editor are blackmailing a senator to you know for for power and money it's really not incredibly important but of course superman stops them 
And I like that the tabloid reporter, like, doesn't believe that Superman's a real thing, even though he exists in Metropolis and, like, would probably see Superman pretty frequently. We keep seeing that come up, that people are amazed. Like, hey, I I shot this guy and it bounced off at a certain point. Uh, Specifically, Superman and, to a lesser degree, Batman... Are constant no. unknowns. No, no, I would I would not say that because the Batman has that radio address saying that the Batman. Yeah, yeah. The thanks well, to there, the Batman. Well, there's the there's the one time, but does it come back? Because Superman also earlier had the the giant merchandising. No, no. So picture. I would say he's closer to the Sandman. Everyone knows the Sandman. Yeah, that's the thing. Sandman and Wonder Woman are. I don't know if it's because they're later on or what, but they no, are. Sandman isn't later on. He's the same time yeah. as these. As, You're right. As he's him he's and exactly contemporary. He's, he's contemporary yeah. as Superman. Yeah. So for Sandman, whatever reason, those guys, those characters are well known by he's everybody. Got a, super, Sandman's got enough money to have a PR team, I think. <laughs> and Batman just uh, doesn't. Yeah. And Superman doesn't care because he's his own PR team. He writes his own PR. To be honest, he probably at one point got really mad about the uh, the PR industry and just started running around throwing PR people up and down. Probably that's I wouldn't put that past this comic. Um, also, bow and arrow. I'm gonna put bring this up real quick. Yeah. Um, the bad tabloid guy when Superman confronts him in his apartment can't find his gun, but has a fully strung a fully strung bow with a full quiver and no gun. And pulls the bow and arrow out. Well, couldn't find the gun. Could, yeah, couldn't find his gun, but pulls, but, like, knocks an arrow and shoots it at Superman only for this specific gag. For Superman to catch the arrow and then take the bow out of his hands and say, see that sign and shoot the S of the sign with the bow. And to be like, I'm super cool. That That's it. There's no yeah. reason to have that those, like, four panels other than for him to prove how impressive he is and i just thought that was really weird i mean to be fair i guess it's better than the usual gag of oh here's a gun let me bend it aren't I? or let me strong. throw it's you like around it's just different. i'm gonna show you up at this really obscure hobby you apparently have <laughs> that you're like oh you know what though if i can't find my gun at least i've got my bow and arrow you know it's like a it's like a really weird dude who's got that katana over his bed that yeah. he never uses oh man you know, and every time that he's like and here's my katana it's just like someday that's gonna fall off of your bed or also, yeah. like, you know Just, you... We know you don't know how to use that. <laughs> like, we know that you've never wielded that sword in any real situation. You have no formal training. You just have it. The most training you have is watching Kurosawa films in your Ooh. apartment and just, like, <laughs> swinging it about. Yeah. Like, that's... This guy is that guy. This is going to be a regular person with a lightsaber situation. Yeah, and this guy's, like, bringing his friends over. He's like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm an archer, you know. That's something I do. It's a but hobby. But can you outshoot Superman? Yeah, right. And he's just, no. Like, <laughs> I love the idea that that's his like that's his move for ladies. So uh, I'm an archer. <laughs> like that's his thing. Like oh, you wow. want to come home and see my paintings? You want to see me shoot an apple with this arrow? Like that's his shtick. And I'm like, that's totally that's totally you. You know who that works probably better for? Oliver Queen. Yeah, but. That's probably because he's like, see that apple? I'm going to shoot an arrow through an arrow through it. And yeah. then also stop crime. <laughs> and somehow, <laughs> on the other side, it's just going to... It will like, hit a criminal. Like, <laughs> it'll, somehow it'll be like a boxing glove at that point. Yeah. No, it went through the original... It's going to be the donut It arrow. went through the apple, but by the time it went through, it hits the guy. It's a, it's a boxing glove. Yeah. Don't he, calls, he calls it the Isaac Newton. And, uh, <laughs> or the William Tell arrow. It just it, ha- yeah. it pops an apple up the side so that when it hits the dude, it just makes applesauce. I love it. You're welcome, DC. That one's for free. 
Also, that scenario, uh, I've just rewritten it. It's not an arrow that pops an apple out. It's in a situation where he's at a fancy dinner, and there's an arrow yeah. around him, and there's yeah. an apple on the table, and he stabs it through the arrow because he doesn't want to kill the guy, and shoots it and knocks that dude out with the arrow. And he says, I call that one the William Tell. See, I like that version <laughs> better, because it's actually cool, instead of just, I have an arrow for this. That has an apple on it. Yeah, no. For pigs. <laughs> like, it's my like, luau that's, arrow. That's, an, actual, that's, a, that's an arrow move uh that's a young justice move yeah oh, that's a yeah, young justice yeah, yeah. Arrow move. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah anyway boy bands aside <laughs> anyways continue yes. uh action comics number 19 december 1939 uh pretty pretty weird this is almost a gardner fox Which one is this? this is the purple disease oh uh, yeah this, this is a gardner fox issue shit. like it's not it's still sequel and schuster but this this has the stink of gardner fox on it for how bizarre it is yeah so uh a mysterious malady begins to plague metropolis where people are getting purple blotches into like basically de- deteriorating on site there's a plague wagon like suddenly metropolis yeah the to, like, wagon is a bit crazy like 1300s england it just doesn't bring make it today yeah like like the local amish population like decided to come over and bring like wagons just for this like what the heck is this about like i don't understand why there's a real horse-drawn wagon in 1930s metropolis new york that makes no sense to me yeah. moving forward though we find out, of course, guess who's behind this? The Ultra-Humanite. He decided to kill everybody because reasons. This is the only plot so far that has had no motivation other than just pure spiteful murder. He doesn't get anything out of this. There's no money to be had other than just killing oh, people. Oh, yeah. Uh, the human race shall be blotted out so that I can launch a race of my own. It's never explained what the race of his own is. Well, yeah, whatever. Unless it's just like a mineshaft uh, gap. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, and also, again, he's looking younger and younger because now he has hair. Oh, you're right, yeah. Ultra Humanite somehow, I guess, regenerates over time? Maybe that's canon for us. Not for DC. Don't quote us on that. I like to think that Ultra Humanite is suddenly getting younger and younger as the as his appearances occur because now he also has eyes. They're no as... longer black pupils just drawn on a face. He's got yeah. eyes with you know white space and everything, and it's really strange. But Ultra Humanite now again is in a crazy plot. Superman must foil. But Ultra Humanite has this lightning cannon thing that he shoots Superman with, or an electric cannon. Uh, electric gun is what he calls it and it quote-unquote knocks superman out he puts this little like thing on his head and of course it's supposed to make him obey and superman we don't know this is just playing along because then he gets on the blimp that the ultra humanite has that he's gonna like keep spreading this disease with and snaps out of it quote-unquote or just like stops pretending and punches the blimp pilot and then knocks the blimp out of the sky that's another body count because he killed that blimp driver yeah, all right. It looks like the guy who's talking to Humanite in the next panel, but we don't see them on the same blimp. It's yeah. a dude reporting that the blimp has been destroyed. So Superman then helps the guy who develops the cure make the cure so that he can get back in and the good graces of the science community, etc., etc., not important. Then he confronts Ultra Humanite, who's going to shoot the electric gun at him again, and Superman pulls Ultra Humanite in front of the gun as he pulls the trigger, somehow, and kills Ultra Humanite. Now, yeah. I would count this as a body count, but we know Ultra Humanite comes back one more time in this uh, episode we're doing. So, that's not a body count. However, the blimp driver is. I'm going to only count that as one, because we don't know how many people are on that blimp flying it. We then, that only counts as one. Yeah, we're going to Gimli that. 
So we get now to Superman number three, which is the winter issue of 1939. We have another magazine for Superman where he's holding a small child who do, who looks very, very cartoony and oh, not very much and not human like the re- not human in the sense that the rest of these people are drawn semi realistically. He's got a very large head. He's very cartoon looking. It's uh, cartoon looking. It's very weird and off brand. He looks and acts kind of family circus yeah he's very like gee golly mister or like i don't wanna and he's drawn phonetically incorrect and stuff like that he's a tintin background character yes yes correct um and i mean written phonetically correct not drawn phonetically correct um and superman just witnesses this kid um collapsing on the train tracks from exhaustion because he's running away from an orphanage and he asks the kid what this is about and the kid tells him that the orphanage is really crappy because the guy beats them and makes them work and do bad stuff and it's the same story that we had uh in the previous episodes of the guy who escapes the prison yeah the it's it's the, it's it's a uh, cory town yeah it's the exact same thing. Yeah, it's except it's kids now, so it's like nine thousand times worse. Because the the weird thing with Corytown was like, yeah, this is this is inhumane, but also criminals. Mm-hmm. And it's like this is worse now because now you're innocent children. Yep. And now we actually really, really, really care. So Superman thinks that this is not good and takes the kid and convinces the kid to be like an inside man mm-hmm. for him, so that he can get the guy fired. The kid agrees. Superman brings him back to the orphanage, and then. Goes to his editor and says, "Like, hey, look, I've got a, I've got a scoop on this orphanage. Um, I'd like to write a story on it." And previously, he had asked Lois out on a date, and she says, "Like, not a chance in hell." And he goes to the editor and he says, "I'd like Lois to come with me to give the the female angle on this." And the guy says, "Yeah, sure, why not? Two of my best reporters in the same story. Why why wouldn't I do that?" And of course, like, gets Lois ro- roped into working with him. Yeah, I don't know what this picture is behind his editor. Yeah, no, I don't know either. It's I wanna... just a pinup. <laughs> I think, or like just a, a, it's like a, a, a lounge singer woman. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, like a neckline. It's up. a headshot. It's a headshot yeah, of a yeah, woman, yeah. which is really strange in the editor's office. It's the only one that's drawn. Maybe too. it's there his are wife. other things hung. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. his wife's a singer. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know I much about his editor. Is, uh, I, I, for some reason, I thought that that was like out in the main room. But mm-hmm. you're right, that's that his could, office. That's his office. So, huh. uh, as Lois and Clark are off on their quote unquote uh, newspaper mandate, they. Uh, <laughs> Their business lunch, they go and are accosted by a bunch of other reporters who are like, "Who are you guys going?" I'm like, "What are you guys doing? Like, you're just waiting outside the Daily Star for people to go on missions, and like, you're gonna just like tag along? Like, that's shitty reporting. You're bad reporters." So they have to like shake these guys off. They eventually get to the orphanage, and the guys beat you know the guys meet them there, and of course the superintendent of the orphanage is like, "Oh crap," and they convince him to give him a tour and Lois finds a girl who's been bruised and Clark finds the kid that he met who's like yeah the stuff is still crappy he's making everybody do stuff and Lois goes back on her own accord to try and figure out what's going on which is awesome and cool and Clark goes on his own accord to try and you know get as Superman as Superman to try and get the guy to stop by getting um the guy's like uh, purchase re- records for groceries like he's skimming essentially he's like ordering too many groceries and keeping the money super accountancy right yeah super super mathematics and they basically stop him not much else to this um, and then the next story is Clark gets a uh, promotion for writing the uh, Trent comeback uh, story and Trent is the boxer they yeah, bring that, that, that continuity, continuity back yeah. from uh, issue two. So they say, hey, you know, you did a really good job covering the boxer. We're going to promote you. And Lois is demoted to the uh, 
forget what they call it. Um, uh, love the Lovelorn column. So the women who are like the women who are you know looking for dating advice. She gets demoted, which is sucky because we don't know what Lois has been writing in the meantime. Maybe she's writing good work and this guy is treating her poorly. Like because we haven't really seen any of the work she's been doing. She helped Clark with that. Um, orphanage one yeah. so in I fact she's the only one who did follow up in in a journalistic in, capacity in journalistic character correct um so during her work in the lovelorn column this woman comes to her and says like oh my husband's fallen in with a bad group i want you to try and convince him to stop hanging out with him she says sure yeah uh hey clark don't you want to go on a date with me to this really suspicious and like divey bar and he goes i i guess i mean it's a date with you and she basically hangs Clark out to dry in a very uncool way without telling him what she's doing. So I was talking to Shannon about this, mm-hmm. where in the Wonder Woman issues, there is a point at which she convinces Steve to take her out on a date, and they go and they find the people that she's looking for, and something bad happens to them outside the club, but Steve is able to handle it. The mm-hmm. difference with between this is Clark, the Clark Kent persona is not capable. Well, so... And- so Clark can't really defend himself. Lois can. And Lois allows Clark to be put in danger. Granted, Clark has done the same thing to her, but Lois is able to handle herself. The mm-hmm. difference would be um, Clark could actually, quote-unquote, for all Lois knows, get hurt. And she's willing to let him get hurt. And frankly, as a guy who let her get accosted by a mobster, that's not a big concern for her because Clark is kind of a jerk in general yeah, to her. The past couple issues have been them screwing each other over pretty right. much. And that's unfortunate that she's just like, yeah, I'm going to string you along, but also let you get beat up by these mafia guys. And in a better relationship, Steve handles the roughs and goes off to talk and to take care of him while Wonder Woman goes off to deal with the real problem. And I think that's a healthier thing because she allows Steve to fight those guys. Like, she doesn't have to. She could always beat them up. But she's like, okay, well, Steve can handle this because he's Steve Trevor. He's a soldier. He's a spy. He fights Nazis on the reg. These these two guys outside of a club are not a problem. So this just makes me, again, realize how much better the Steve Trevor Wonder Woman relationship really oh, is yeah. in comparison to the sex lies and superpowers of Wonder of Lois Lane and Superman. But what's one of the things that's interesting that I kept coming back to is that for at least the first like three quarters of this volume, Clark Kent was actually reasonably capable. Yeah. Like, by and large, he wasn't written as this clumsy guy or the person who takes a fall. Clark has Clark has yet to be the bumbling scared mm-hmm. oaf that we have seen him in, in the episodes that we cover him in. He went treasure hunting. Yeah, he went he, Clark He's, Kent he, goes treasure hunting, not a not just yep. Clark without glasses doing stuff. It's very much Clark Kent. And the another thing that I really hate about this, mm-hmm. in this issue, when Lois and Clark are caught by these mobsters and they're brought out because they they think she's a detective and she's she tells them I'm a reporter, I'm trying to write a story. They're like, well, you're not going to write anything about us because we're mobsters and whatever. They throw Clark off the boat and they drive away in the boat. And Lois, of course, says he can't swim. And they're like, we don't care. So Clark turns back into Superman beats the guys up, saves Lois, and she tries to thank him, and she tries to write her story, and she finds out that Clark has already written it, has turned it in, and Clark is at the office. She's like, you're alive? And I'm going, you legit left him to die. Yeah. You thought he was dead, and then wrote the story, and tried to scope a dead man. 
without even trying to at least recover the body. She could have told Superman, hey, there's a guy I don't really like but doesn't deserve to die out in the ocean. Can you go find him? She legit tried to get a scoop before telling anyone about Clark, who should be dead. I'm going to choose to file that under bad writing, but... No! That's perfectly in character for Lois. It's in character, but it's not what's being implied here. I, I don't yeah. read that as the thing because she's scooping other papers. But I think it's like I don't think it's intended. You can, that she you, is can you can scoop him. you can scoop someone in your office. That's that's yeah. A oh, thing. you absolutely can. But, but I, I don't see but that I hate, that's the way it's written. But I yeah, hate that we don't bad. see her other than that one moment. Go like he can't swim. So that she doesn't say like you like when she gets ashore with Superman. They're at the police station. We don't see her say anything like she could have, and maybe they think, and maybe there's a search and rescue party going on out there, but I'm way too convinced about her mean-spirited feelings towards Clark, which I will admit are really justified because he's not that good of a person to her at times. I will agree that she doesn't need to care too much about him, but I feel more that it is almost more in character. I would, I would believe someone if they told me that Lois didn't tell anyone because of the way she acts towards him. I would full on believe that she wouldn't have told anybody that Clark was out there. Because I don't know if I'd go that far, but I'm I definitely see where you're going. I would on that. I would be surprised that she went that far, but I could believe it if somebody told me that's like Yeah, Lois just straight up left Clark in the ocean. I'd be like, That is crazy. But yeah, it's Lois. She would have written the story first. Uh She's willingly putting Clark Kent in danger several times. She could have yeah. taken any reporter. Any reporter that she's even more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And she probably could have been more honest with those people, too. Because there are yeah. several other reporters in I, the Daily Star. I would say there's a difference between uh, being manipulative to, and putting somebody at risk versus, oh, that guy's dead, I need to recover the body. Uh, but one way or another, we're dancing around the same idea of, I just she goes far. She goes too far. I mean, the fact that she's willing to drug Clark Kent yeah. also doesn't make me feel confident too much about her feelings of concern and safety for him as a person. That the, if the you, call uh, Kal-El and uh, Lois Lane dynamic relationship yeah. may be good and reasonably healthy, and I think we, we covered when, that pretty you know, well with Arden. When he's but, not Clark with her, and when he's Kal-El, yep. that's the man she's in love with. Is Kal-El. Clark, mm-hmm. she isn't. Yep. Like, I, really. I like, don't disagree. Like, especially when it's put that flatly. Yeah, I don't it's disagree. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing that in the bad writing column. Yeah, and that's yeah. infuriating to watch what should be the dream couple be the worst humans on the planet. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to disagree. Like, honestly, you know what it is? All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a comparison here. Okay. It's the... Archie Veronica relationship as written in like the digests for laughs mm-hmm. as compared to when you actually like read some of the comics or when they're when they're not playing the relationship for laughs in when the in the Archie when, when, when when Betty and Veronica and Archie are real characters and they're like going yep. on dates and they're having real conversations as opposed to like Oh, isn't Betty quirky? Or isn't Veronica a bitch? Or isn't Archie like such an idiot that like he's pissing both of them off? It's like, yeah, when the, yeah, when there's a there's a there's a definite quality of writing shift and difference between the two franchises or the two versions uh, of the franchise. Yes, I will agree. 
with that. I want uh, some dark places. Boy, boy bands aside, <laughs> um, Action Comics number 20, January 1940. This is the last issue we're going to cover in this episode so that we can move to our wrap-up. Clark goes to Hollywood. He's sent to Hollywood to cover some... He's going to go on vacation, but the editor sends him to Hollywood and says, like, hey, well, while you're going, like, maybe you should get some movie news, which... I mean, it's kind of shitty, but hey, you know, mm-hmm. when you're when you're working and you're they a newspaper prob- man. They probably also pay for some of the vacation. I'm, I'm sure. It's probably vacation time, company time. So he's there, and for whatever reason, there's a guy who's going to shoot this movie star that he's going to, that he's watching do a scene, and he stops him, and the movie star's like, oh my gosh, thank you for saving me. If you want an interview, come to my place, you know, tonight, and I will definitely give you an interview. And he's like, sweet, like, that, that was easy, like, case closed. And goes to the house with a woman, and she's like, no, I don't want to see anybody. And he's like, that was weird so she throws a huge party on her yacht and clark says well maybe i can get to that or maybe you know maybe something's going on here and the woman this actress takes every one of these people hostage that's on the boat like all the movie stars and the executives and everybody she knows takes them hostage and then ransoms them she wants like five five million dollars for all these people and then they disappear nobody knows where they are so superman decides that now he has to be involved and tries to find anything about this that he can really uh, use as a clue. And when he goes to the movie, exe- uh, the movie studio executive's office, the guy who owns uh, or has the woman's contract, um, he sees him get a mysterious message that just appears out of thin air. Again, yeah. another thing that Superman can't really grasp or has no idea how it happens is another tool to illustrate that the ultra-humanite is, is involved. And of course, the story is... Spoilers, a- yeah. Spoilers, it is the ultra-humanite. And what's really interesting is that this is like, he, uh, the Ultra Humanite has all the actors and people and all the, the famous people in like an underground submarine cove. Meanwhile, Superman has also held his, his breath for two hours. What? Oh, yeah. Wow. Two hours since they scooped up the body and he's on this submarine holding on to it while it, while it goes. That's an underwater submarine. Superman can hold his breath for over two hours. That must be how he goes in space. Just like, going to say that. I like to believe that he can just breathe water. It's. I have a theory about that because uh, there's a there's a joke in Young Justice when the the Reds are holding Kid Flash and Superboy hostage to get Artemis to come out of the base to like surrender herself, mm-hmm. and they're smack talking the Reds to get them to be distracted, and they're talking about how like Mish Martian is just playing pretending that you know Martians aren't really affected by fire, and Superboy says, "Yeah, Kryptonians don't even breathe oxygen." Huh. And I like the idea that that's probably really true. Like, the, he can't drown underwater because what if they breathe, like, hydrogen? Or any, mm-hmm. you know, what if, like, what if really that medium wouldn't really bother him? Like, their physiology is so much is so much different than ours, or so very different from ours. It could be true. I don't know. I'm not saying that they have gills or anything like that, or is it Lanian? It's more or less the idea that I don't know how, you know, Kryptonian lungs work. And he mm-hmm. could totally breathe underwater i don't know that's never established it might be a lcl blood yeah maybe i don't know regardless we get to the point where superman gets into this underground cove or underwater cove where the uh, actors and so many people are being held and he finds out that the ultra humanite has taken the body of this actress as his own he has gotten younger yet again he's gotten so young and so hot that he's just now a chick and I like that they don't do anything like, yes, and this form is now mine because she was so attractive. It's just like, nah, like, I picked this actress. And I'm going... I think the one thing that they bring up is young. Young, that's it. young, but also, like, apparently she has so many connections to, like, so mm-hmm. many famous people that, like, makes sense that they could ransom so many famous people. I like that idea, but I just like the idea that Ultra Humanite literally was aiming for the stars with his new body. God damn it. 
<laughs> God damn it. Ah. It's so good. It's so good. Um, and Superman... Yeah. <laughs> Superman... Like, find of, something to flip. Superman, of course, beats the ultra-humanite who jumps into water and disappears in her new body. At this point, the ultra-humanite is now a woman. And Superman swims off into the sunset. It's possible that the ultra-humanite doesn't change uh, their pronouns. I, whatever, but, the, yeah. whatever the ultra-humanite is now deciding to be with themselves, mm-hmm. I'm going to call the ultra-humanite now a woman because she is a woman now. So, unless he refers to himself as a he, he is now a she to me. Whatever. That's neither here nor there. He has not spoken another any way or the other. Uh, that's and the we'll end. never see that character again for yeah, sure. Right. Uh and that's going to be the end of the Superman issues that we cover. We want to do this a little bit like the Sandman because we're trying again to move to the 1940s to get really out of the 30s. A uh, little note, um, at the same time, this, uh, so the last episode of Action we covered was January 1940. At the same time, the January 1940 issue of Adventure Comics, the Sandman is fighting that guy who dressed up like an old lady that killed his buddy from college. So just letting you know, there is a lot of cross... Uh, we are now we have now covered enough properties that we can kind of tell you where, what is happening at that time. And I want to say January uh, 1940 is close to, for Batman, probably the Batman number one issue, uh, which is sp- yeah. spring 1941. Depends on what they decide is winter and spring. So Batman number one, spring 1940 is... Uh, kind of where we ended off so like the last um detective comics was april 1940 so close to when superman is doing some stuff i guess if you really wanted to get technical i've got my notes here it's uh detective comics number 35 january 1940 which is the case of the ruby idol so that's the uh not so much Mm -hmm. uh hindus and uh sin fang and all those guys yeah so that's that issue is happening at the same time as action which is the ultra humanite is now a woman and also at the same time the sandman is fighting his buddy from college who killed their other buddy from college dressed as an old woman and that's where we are in comics my part is now done (laughs) i just wanted to get everybody i just wanted to get everybody up to speed so that everybody knows where we are we've had some power creep for superman and Yeah, we're actually starting to see new powers, which yeah, is awesome. Yeah, new powers for Superman, and uh, Clark Kent kind of develops as a character, more so as a writer than we've seen in the past, and Lois Lane and him are still terrible to each other. <laughs> now, you have some notes about the franchise of Superman as a whole at this time. So I do have that, I also just a couple uh, little wrap-up things before I do that kind of yeah. broad spectrum thing. First thing I want to just... You didn't hear us talk a lot about uh, Superman and, like, humiliating enemies and... He didn't really do that. Uh, Well, he he always conclusively beat and made them confess a lot. He did not do as much humiliation. He didn't didn't jump for justice in this. (laughs) You're right. There was no joke. There was no real... He threw people people. Yeah, Yeah, he played played catch with people, but he never jumped for justice. Also, I just want to uh, remember, I have a note about this. Knife! Chest knife! Superman gets stabbed... Like a bunch ah, yeah. in these like last few uh, episodes we've done with him in the stu- in the chest 
with like a knife and the knife shatters or bends or breaks. And I just thought that's funny that they they're continue. always surprised. Yeah, they always they're continuing that theme of people just trying to stab Clark in the chest and it just doesn't work. There's a firing line that tries to shoot him. Yeah, in the uh, <laughs> uh, Baravian, there's yeah. a Baravian firing line that tries to shoot him, and one guy shoots his own foot because he thinks that they're shooting blanks and straight up shoots his own foot with a gun. And you're like, okay, let's not be too stupid. Yeah, <laughs> too late. But this is still very much the, I think of it as the authoritarian model of yes. Superman. Everything that we talked about last time in my rant, uh, 100% still the exact same. It's one of the reasons that we went so quickly through all of this, because the character is still doing all of that. Uh, one thing I actually want to pull as a comparison point, and this works really well with the Baravian Civil War as well, uh, issue as well, uh, with the breakout of World War II... Uh, Siegel and Schuster actually did a two-page spread uh, as part of uh, Look magazine. Mm. Uh, And it's just like, how would Superman end the war? Mm. And it is every bit of just exactly what you think it is. Just the the action. There is no attempt at negotiation, no peace. uh, Not even like a defense bit. It's just... However, we will state Superman has successfully ended two wars by scaring the shit out of the people conducting them. And it has... It is exactly that. It's the, hey, I run up to the the Siegfried line, destroy all the fortifications. Hey, Frenchies, come on. Uh, Then runs around, grabs Hitler and Stalin, because remember, at this point in time, uh, the USSR had a non-aggression pact and was kind of allied, but not really, with the fascists. Right. Uh, that changes rather dramatically hmm. soon. But uh, but yeah, so, and he grabs him, brings him back to the Legion, League of Nations, and says, hey, put him on trial. So they go on trial, and they are convicted. And that's just... it's that's, that's it. Yeah, it's like... That's awesome. There is absolutely no artistry to ending the war beyond just, I win. Because Superman has none. Exactly. He's a blunt instrument. It's exactly that. So all the things that we've said about Superman being a pretty authoritarian action hero, uh, gets things done and just acts without thought, uh, same, it hasn't changed. One of the reasons we went so quickly through this. Uh, Other stuff. I want to call out how much better the people doing newspaper layouts have gotten. Yeah, the newspaper headlines as well as just the construction of the newspapers in the comic alone look better. So apparently uh, the journalism industry is evolving as we, right before our very eyes. <laughs> We're entertained by the fact that Superman is still an unknown and yeah. everybody keeps trying to stab somehow, him. Somehow still unknown even in his own city. Yeah. People still think he's a myth, and I'm like, that's a little bit more believable with Batman, who is like a shadow in the night. It's less believable with the Sandman because he drives around broad daylight in his roadster, and like <laughs> his four different roadsters, his four different roadsters, and Superman is like all times of day and night doing stuff. It's kind of hard to believe that people are just like, that's nah, fake, you know. <laughs> One thing I want to briefly circle in on uh, before getting to general context stuff the topic of suicide we have three different suicide attempts in here and we had one in the previous volume and it struck me that there's a pattern I don't remember the the one in the previous volume there was one person in a mental health uh, hospital who tried Mm, to jump out that's right Uh, the episode with the two guys who were trying to figure out who he is damn it I said it 
It's that episode. Ah, you screwed us up. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I think we were he, good uh, last time. We were. Uh, my, I don't know. But uh, yeah, the two guys who the two detectives trying to figure out who the secret identity of Superman. Mortimer. What's his face? Uh, the three different suicide attempts that happened here. One is the the gambling issue. Oh, no, lost all his money. Uh, tried to commit suicide. I don't remember the boxer. The boxer. The boxer and then there was one. I don't remember other the third one. I, I think remember. there was only two. Eh, maybe personally. I'm wrong. The way that Superman approaches these uh, suicide attempts is very much the same kind of verb-oriented. Oh, no, there's a woman who tries to kill herself. There's a woman that tries to kill herself, which is the the issue with the tabloid guy. Mm-hmm. He reports it, and it ruins her home life. She yeah. tra- that's, that's the third person. The other, the other two attempts were explicitly. I think, uh, I think they were both attempts to hang or or jump from a special. One was going to jump from the bridge, and the other guy was going to hang himself. Mm-hmm. And what struck me was that it's the same verb-oriented response. There's no sympathy from Superman he's whatsoever. Them. He's it scolding. Is exactly it's, it's not that. shaming. He's scolding. Mm-hmm. He's scolding them like this is you're silly. There's no reason you should. You're be leaving doing this. people behind and. Bra bra bra, you the, know, moral high ground. Yeah, it's the fact that there is absolutely no sympathy there, as compared to one of the iconic uh, moments in All Star Superman, or is it Superman for All Seasons? I think that's All Star because Superman for All Seasons is one of my favorites. I could go into that forever, but uh, All Star gotcha. Superman's the, the one where the guy who's going to kill himself. There's, well, mm-hmm. there's two specific ones that I know of. There's the there's the kid who is very clearly coded as emo mm-hmm. and goth, going to kill himself. Superman just like kind of hugs him and talks mm-hmm. him down. And then there's the other one where is the woman uh, going to kill herself and Superman talks her down by like saying, I'm not going to help you. Like, I just want to talk with you. And she says, you, you promise? And he goes, yep, I'm just going to sit here. And he like just kind of sits in front of her for like hours and she's, he talks her down. Like there's at least two, mo- there's, those are the two big ones that I've seen. That, that sounds right. I didn't remember that second one, but, uh, I, but that that's, was not as common. But that's also in character. Yeah. And that's the big thing. Paternal. Like the, the line that I had was that in this, in these uh, stories of how he deals with those suicide attempts, disparaging these people who need help, and yeah. that made me sad. That that's not good. Yeah. In less of a sad news, uh, so I'm going to transition over to the state of the franchise. So we've covered, as you mentioned, uh, July of '39 through January of 1940 in this volume. Uh, during this or around this time. We've got the the uh, Superman media machine is really starting to get going at this point. Uh, 1939 in January, so even a little bit before this, we've got the newspaper strip starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my understanding is that they're, uh, Siegel and Schuster are still heavily involved in that for a long time. Until eventually Gardner Fox takes over writing for it. Oh, good. <laughs> That's just Honestly, Superman is the one that you wanted to have Gardner Fox writing. You know, yeah. I want to see yeah. Gardner Fox Ultra Humanite stories. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I do want to see that. How much do you want to bet Gardner Fox comes up with Brainiac? Oh, I hope so. I hope that's. That, I hope that that's the writer for that or the creator. I hope that's him. Yeah. Because um, I know he does Legion of Superheroes. I know Gardner Fox. I think is the guy who comes up with the Legion. I believe it. But excellent. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going on. Uh, we also are just about to hit, so February of 1940, the radio show. And I think the radio show is actually the first time that you hear, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And it's not yeah. somebody saying it, it's an, the announcer. The announcer. Narr- it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. It's the exactly that. of ten monkeys. I, I don't know what the line <laughs> oh, was. Oh, dead monkeys. Oh, dead monkeys. Oh, poor oh. George. 
Yeah, Ambrose. So not okay. Yeah, I got no, so I, angry. I don't, no, that was a bad issue. So mad, Peta. We feel it. We we <laughs> understand. Uh, and we're a year away from the serial starting up. Sometime in 1941, the cartoon serial Car- starts. Okay, the cartoon, not the live point, action. He's got an actual flight going on. Okay, because I'm sure the I'm curious when the live action one starts. Because there's uh, not for like because there's yeah, George, there's like George that's Reeves like 48 or something. That's the, well, that's the George Reeves one. Because then there's the Christopher Reeve films. Mm-hmm. George Reeves is the TV show. I remember. Uh, George Reeves did the TV. Christopher Reeves did the movies. So okay, it's that's ju- the difference. Okay. One is plural. Okay, so it's George Reeves and Christopher Reeves. Got it. Yep. Cool. Good. Memory served. All right. <laughs> and I think that's about everything that I've got. You yeah, got anything? I think that's. I think that's good. I think, that's a good canoe. Yeah, it's a good canoe. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up here then. And again, like we said, we're going to move now again to make the trinity catch up with itself so i think what we're going to do now is maybe one or two more episodes of superman maybe one more and then another episode of batman because superman needs to now catch up to wonder woman what we want is to get these two guys those two guys up to 1941 1942 era which is where she is and then we'll start on her again and then we'll move to the all-star guys and then maybe we'll get some of the the, the larger cavalcade of characters so look out for those episodes coming up soon stay uh alert on your social media for our twitter facebook and our website posts and we will see you next time dc detectives can be found on stitcher soundcloud and itunes to stay in the know check out our facebook page our twitter page and our website dcdetectivespodcast.com clark was the right angle Superman was a jerk, but Clark connived, and saved kids, and dove into a sunken ship, and bailed out an orphanage. The rough edges wouldn't be rubbed off anytime soon, but we got glimpses of the well-meaning hero, even when he wasn't in the cape. Brash, self-assured, and a manipulator. Neither of us liked him, but at least we understood him now. I was just happy we actually made it to Metropolis this time.